Maverick News presents The Rick Walker Show Defrag your mind And poof Instantly People are hardly even talking about the war in Ukraine. How's everybody tonight? Welcome back to the Maverick News Channel. Hello, Maverick family. Hello, new viewers, wherever you may be watching from. Welcome. Great to have everybody here. We have so much to talk about tonight. Of course, this news cycle dominated by the war in Israel, Palestine. We have a lot to say about that tonight, a lot to show you. It is hard to know what is true, what is fake, what is manufactured, what is real. Is it real or is it Memorex? Even Joe Biden can't tell the difference. What a strange time we live in. It is hard to know what to believe. We'll talk a little bit about that while we try to maintain our sanity. Looking at an insane world, much of which now is actually fake online. Bits and bites bouncing around in our brains. Information warfare. They want you to support their cause, their objectives, their wars. It's hard to know what the right thing to do is. Tomorrow is Friday the 13th. And there uh, apparently is a terrorist out there who wants people to follow his instructions a global a worldwide day of terror yeah that's what he's called for at least that's the way it's being interpreted will it happen hope not mainstream media isn't talking about it but we will we will talk about that tonight. We'll talk about other things, too. A parent's Bill of Rights, officially introduced in the Saskatchewan legislature. We'll talk about Justin Trudeau's decline, his slide toward defeat. A new poll shows if an election were held today, he would lose badly. We'll tell you about that. And uh, what else do we have on tap for you tonight? We have, well, I think those are the main things. I have a clip of the original Convoy movie. thought I might run that tonight, too. If we have time, we'll get to it. 
with Chris Christofferson. Just came across it and I thought, well, there's something we should take a look at. No rumble, it says. No rumble. Oh, my goodness. Is rumble not running? Again? Hang on, let me check. Let me see if Rumble is running. It seems to be running. We have people watching. Gina just uh, messaged and said there's no Rumble running. I don't know why you're having trouble, Gina. I will put the link to the Rumble channel in the chat on YouTube right here. And Facebook. There it is. Thanks for letting me know, but I think we're okay. It says that we are running. On two different Rumble channels, which is where we always are. On the main channel, the Maverick News Freedom Reporters channel, it looks like we, uh, yeah, we have quite a few people watching. Hopefully we build up. Yeah, mouth is on over there. So, yeah, Gina, we are firing on all cylinders tonight. We are. Here, let me uh, take a little break. I'll give Gina the link directly in, uh, in the chat. And we'll be right back after these messages from our unsponsors. Greetings, brave mavericks. Our quest for truth continues. We go beyond fake news. Together we expose propaganda. Together we pull others out of rabbit holes. We are maverick thinkers. We are all unique individuals, individuals, defenders of individual rights and freedoms, credible, trusted, grounded in reality. Maverick News, Maverick News. Defending free speech, free speech, speech. Donate at freedomreporters.com. Do it now. Tomorrow may be too late. Too late, too late, too late. Maverick News. The world is watching. It is so hard to know what to believe anymore because it has become pretty easy to create fake stuff. Governments rely on it when they're trying to build up support for a war effort. They do it on both sides, all sides, all the time. We are in an information war. We've always been in an information war, but it is at an unprecedented level, this, this mystis and malinformation that we're all being subjected to, most of which, honestly, I believe is coming from the government. Do you know who spends the most on advertising? The number one advertiser in my country? The government. That's right. More than McDonald's. More than Burger King, more than 
Ford, more than General Motors, more than Honda. The government, they spend more money on advertising than any corporation, any big business, any person, any political candidate. They spend the most, the government. So tonight, I bring you this. Live feed, cameras, looking over Gaza. There's the live, There's a, those are live cameras tonight. That's a live feed right out of there from several locations. No explosions at the moment. But my goodness, what a terrible situation we have on our hands. I do know that some things we've been seeing on social media are simply not true. Other things... I'm very confident they are, but it is hard to know the difference. Not just here, but with everything we're seeing online now, it is crazy. But that those are live feeds, so those do not lie. Just to give you guys a glimpse of something that is as close to reality as I can get you tonight. That's it. Darkness with dots of light staring back at us from a place thousands and thousands of miles away that may have a direct impact on our lives tomorrow. There's an explosion right there and another one there. This is live. Wide shot from a distance. The true horror of it is not captured by these cameras. But it is horrific. The initial attack and the counterattack. Both horrific. Well, what can I tell you that you don't already know? Well, I can tell you that people are bracing for tomorrow, Friday the 13th. What are they bracing for? A possible global day of terror. former Hamas leader has posted and here I'll show you this headline not many people talking about it tonight but we are former Hamas chief asks Muslims around the world to take to the streets Friday to join war against Israel and I am seeing online a lot of other posts calling for just that messages coming in on my phone people are worried very worried and understandably so 
I don't know what will happen tomorrow. I have no idea. But we are seeing these posts online, and it, it does make me nervous. Of course. Very, very nervous. Let's take a look at what's going on around the world tonight. All you have to do is scroll. So, in France, they have now outlawed banned demonstrations. Yeah, they've banned demonstrations. Supporting Hamas and the attack against Israel. But it isn't keeping people out of the streets. No, we're getting this instead. And this. And in New York, the police department has apparently canceled vacations. They've ordered cops to come into work tomorrow uh, because they are worried about a potential day of unrest. A day possibly involving who knows what following what appears to be a call for a day of terror. So, yeah, there's that. So it's all hands on deck in New York City. And here's a protest in Austria. Pro-Hamas. And another one. We've already shown you that from the other day. So, a lot of concern about what might be coming tomorrow. And this is more footage from France.
This is Chicago. solution that sounds ominous there is only one solution she says ah oh, man the world is erupting Destroying the Israeli flag. This was from October 9th. Again, ex-Hamas chief calls on Islamic world to stage global protests against Israel on Friday. And some people taking it a step further, saying that it's actually a call for a day of terror. I woke up in the middle of the night. So many things running through my head. Questioning everything. What's real? What isn't real? What have I been watching? Are the clips that I'm seeing real? I've seen death, bodies, things I'm not going to show you tonight. I've seen decapitations. I saw the video of the guy with the hoe, the garden hoe, trying to hack off someone's head. Apparently a child. It's blurred in the, in the video. I'm not gonna show it to you. Is it real? Looks real. But these days, <laughs> when I heard when I saw the report talking about the babies who had been beheaded, I, I felt instantly that that was fake. 
All that I saw was a reporter from I-24 standing in front of a camera talking. No backup in terms of visual images and knowing what we know about propaganda. I just, I, a big gigantic red flag went up and I went, that needs to be verified. But you know what they say about a lie going all the way around the world, running all the way around the world before the truth can get its uh, shoes laced up. Well, it did go all the way around the world. And uh, it appears it's being debunked, at least that portion of it, that, uh, that part of the story. But it didn't stop uh, Joe Biden from talking about it yesterday. We ran the clip. I'll run it for you again. And people are, you know, understandably concerned about the President of the United States even mentioning this. Um, here it is. Here's Biden. I never really thought that I would see and have confirmed pictures of terrorists beheading children. It was the most shocking atrocity story about Iraq's invasion of Kuwait. They took the baby. Yeah, so this, I'm going to run this because you may recall one of the, uh, the, the things that was used to, to generate public support for, um, you know, after 9-11 and the military intervention that took place after that was the, the story about the babies being torn or taken from the incubators, remember? Okay, so let's rewind this. And this is 1992. Okay. I never really thought that I would yes, this is see and have confirmed pictures of terrorists beheading children. It was the most shocking atrocity story about Iraq's invasion of Kuwait. They took the babies out of the incubators. Took the incubators and left the children to die on the cold floor. But was it true? Two weeks after the liberation, it became apparent that the story was a complete hoax. The president repeated the incubator story six times in his verbal war against Saddam. And they had kids in incubators, and they were thrown out of the incubators so that Kuwait could be systematically dismantled. The story was reported and repeated, and even without confirming evidence, became part of the case for a war in response to Saddam's aggression. Now is the time to check the aggression of this ruthless dictator whose troops have bayoneted pregnant women and have ripped babies from their incubators in Kuwait. Pictures of terrorists beheading children. I don't trust it. And as you said, Israel has enough to go on right now to portray itself as a victim. Why do they need to do this? It's, cause, it's because they're trying to draw the U.S. in. The House easily approved a war resolution. Then it was up to the Senate to authorize the use of United States armed forces pursuant to United In the States debate, Security the incubator Council story came up seven yet. times. They stole the incubators and threw the babies out of the incubators. And the troops, the Iraqi troops, turned off the oxygen 
of those incubators. And the story didn't just have an impact in the U.S. The United Nations convened a rare public forum. The hardest thing was burying the babies. I myself buried 14 newborn babies that had been taken from their incubators by the soldiers. Will those in, favor in a vote two days later, the UN approved the use of force against Iraq. Children. In the end, the war resolution only passed by five votes. The U.S. decision to wage war against Iraq was supported by an overwhelming civilian consensus. The heart of that consensus was the belief that Saddam Hussein was evil incarnate. And there was no shortage of evidence for that belief. The savagery of his attack on Kuwait was consistent with his behavior at home. There should have been no need for invented atrocity stories. But as evidence from independent investigators now shows, that's exactly what the U.S. people and the whole world got. I never really thought that I would see and have confirmed pictures of terrorists beheading children. So, I said immediately, the first time we ran that clip of that reporter talking about the babies, I said, anytime you hear the government, or really any political group, talking about children as victims, you should instantly be very, very, very skeptical. The way they get people to support something is to create a narrative that is just dripping in horror, dripping in a narrative that, that is designed to get you angry. They, they manipulate you emotionally. And what's worse, what can possibly be worse than dead children? Oh, you know what's worse than that? Dead babies. You know what's even worse than that? Decapitated dead babies. Anybody that's telling you that you have to get out there and or do something to save children, you just need to be very, very careful, skeptical. They, it's a tried and true strategy to get people jacked up. And here we go again. Now, I said before too, with regard to this situation in Israel. I said, uh, you, I said, you don't necessarily, you have to be very skeptical. You have to, well, we don't know it's real, right? They manufacture the stuff. I was calling it out from the beginning. And, and what I said is you don't need to make stuff up because the truth is bad enough. I'm certain that families were killed. I'm certain that 
what we were dealing with here, what we, what we witnessed, what we saw. We did see absolute evidence, conclusive, that there were, was an attack and that th over a thousand people killed, slaughtered. We know that's true. They didn't need to make up anything. No, and I immediately called out to, I said, we haven't seen any real evidence of this, but this appears to be true. This part over here, to give you proper context. Why, do, why make up stuff when you don't need to? As soon as you get caught, you see, this is also what happens. They lose credibility. The old playbook isn't quite working now because back in the 90s with the incubator story, the internet was not really a thing, not like it is now. But in 2023, it, it's a double-edged sword. You can create fake videos, fake memes, artificial intelligence. You can create things in order to manipulate the public. You can also bombard the public with a barrage of very targeted messaging aimed at a very, a very specific, not even just demographics, but even individual people, if you want to, using the internet to get a particular kind of response. It's more than advertising. It's psychological manipulation. So you can do that today. But on the flip side of that, it's also a mass communication tool, and it's also a, it can also be used for truth. So if you get caught in a lie, it undermines your credibility as a government or a political group. Well, I think what happened here is somebody was lying. Now, was Biden so stupid that he saw it and believed it, or is he in on it? We don't know. That's how sinister it is a dangerous maybe even the president of the united states was tricked into believing that babies were beheaded maybe he was being tricked and manipulated because somebody does want to draw him us the west the united states canada into the war with boots on the ground so that we have to send our sons and daughters into battle or maybe he's in on it. We don't know. We just don't know. I don't know. It's hard to know what the truth is. People will speculate and they'll come out and they'll just make outright statements too. They'll say, oh, no, he's in on it. It's all corrupt. I don't know. I think Biden's kind of um, senile. So you could probably sell him something fairly easily. Convince him of a lot of things because I don't think he has the mental capacity anymore to uh, discern. Let's go to the White House for this uh, press briefing with uh, John Kirby talking about this very subject tonight. Here we go. Good afternoon, everybody. Uh, just a couple small things uh, here at the top. Um, I'll start with the saddest of news, uh, we can now update the number of Americans that we know have been killed uh, to 27, and the number of unaccounted for stands today at 14. Uh, we're obviously doing everything we can to support and inform the families, um, 
Now, sadly, five more families have now gotten the worst possible news that any family can conceive of getting. Um, and we're going to stay in touch with them uh, as appropriate. Same goes for those family members of those who are unaccounted for. And by unaccounted for, we mean that. We don't know where they are. They don't know where they are. So we're going to obviously stay in touch with them as well. And certainly we're continuing to work with Israeli officials to make sure that uh, we're getting as much context and information as possible that we will share with them. Um, also, uh, as you, I think, realize, uh, we are all acutely aware of limited availability right now on commercial flights out of Israel uh, and the demand signal by U.S. citizens who may want to depart. Uh, the President has asked his team to ensure that we are assisting U.S. citizens uh, who do want to leave Israel and providing them with a safe means of doing that. So beginning tomorrow, the United States government will arrange charter flights to provide transportation from Israel to sites in Europe. They're still working through some of the details of that to assist U.S. citizens and their immediate family members uh, who have, for whatever reason, not been able uh, to provide commercial transit uh, out of the country. And I would add that we're also exploring other options to expand the capacity of, of, of doing this, including exploring whether it's possible to help Americans leave by land and by sea. So again, uh, we're working hard on this. We know there's a demand signal out there, and, and we're going to try the best we can to meet it. I would encourage any American citizen in the need of assistance to please complete the intake form that you can find on travel.state.gov. It's very simple. Go right to that site. There is an intake form. Fill it out. It helps the State Department process these requests. It also helps us get a sense of of what the scope of the of, of the need is. And I would refer you to state on that. I'm sure you guys are going to ask me that. Um, I, I don't have hard figures uh, handy with me now. Uh, we do know there are certain American citizens that want to go. It's, it's all available through the State Department's website, and I'd encourage them to go look at that. All right. Okay. okay. Um, thanks for taking my question. Um, Gaza's main power plant has run out of fuel, um, and the humanitarian situation there is becoming quite dire. I'm wondering if there have been any communications about allowing uh, shipments of food, fuel, uh, electricity uh, to help lessen civilian casualties and suffering there. Yes, there have been ongoing conversations with our Israeli counterparts about the, the, the need for continued flow of humanitarian assistance. I had a couple of questions on the American hostages. Um, is it still the case that the administration doesn't know anything about the condition of the American hostages, and is the number still believed to be less than a handful? Yes and yes. And um, I know you've been pretty open about the fact that information uh, about the hostages is very hard to ascertain at this moment. Um, the limited information that you do have, is that coming namely from the Israelis and the Qataris, or is there another source of information that you gave the families too i mean as i uh, mentioned yesterday some of these families actually saw uh, their loved ones being abducted and taken away so they have been a significant source of information as well uh, just one other quick thing um the the assumption that the hostages may not necessarily be in one place was there specific intelligence to point the administration to not make that assumption, or is that based on something else? I won't speak about specific intelligence matters, um, but it is a, a common tactic in the Hamas playbook to break up hostages and move them around in, in sometimes small groups. So uh, we have nothing that would indicate to us that they would uh, 
follow a different set of protocols, but I can't stand here before you and prove to you that that is exactly what's happening. We have to, we have to in order to think about our policy options, you, you have to make some assumptions, and we can't rule that out as a possibility. Jewish audience question. Thank you, thank you, uh, John. What is the status of the six billion dollars that Iran was set to have access to? It's still sitting uh, in the Qatari bank. All of it, every every dime of it. Is there an agreement now to, in essence, withhold it from Iran? Should they come asking for it? None of that money has been spent, and I have no updates uh, to provide today. Was a decision to reach a quiet understanding with Qatar about whether or not it would be accessed by Iran made because of the attack or political pressure in recent days? I'm not going to talk about diplomatic conversations one way or another, Ed. What I can tell you is that every single dime of that money is still sitting in the Qatari bank. Not one of it, not one dime of it has been spent. I'd also remind. Because this, you know, I, I, in certain audiences, inconvenient facts are easy to forget. <laughs> the re regime was never going to see a dime of that money. And this account, although it's moved from South Korea to Qatar, was set up by the previous administration for this exact purpose. In fact, I think it was back in 2018, the former Secretary of State, Mike Pompeo, actually talked in quite some detail. Uh, about how this money and these accounts could only be used for humanitarian purposes and that there was going to be oversight. We've done nothing different. It is the same process. All we've done is move that funds from South Korea, where for some technical reasons it wasn't accessible, to Qatar, where it is more accessible. All that said, none of it has been accessed by the Iranian, uh, by, uh, by Iranian, uh, by, by Iran at all. And even if they had accessed it, it wouldn't go to the regime. It would go to approved vendors that we approved to go buy food, medicine, and medical equipment, agricultural products, and ship it into Iran directly to the benefit of the Iranian people. And let me ask you one other. Has the United States independently verified the photos released by the Israeli Prime Minister's Twitter account today showing the images of dead children? I don't think we're going to be in the business of, of, uh, of uh, having to uh, validate or approve uh, those images that are coming from the Prime Minister of Israel. Um, and we have absolutely no reason to doubt their authenticity. Jewish question, please. To follow up on these questions about the $6 billion, I understand Iran hasn't accessed any of this yet. It's, you know, intended for humanitarian purposes, but there have been reports of this quiet agreement. So yes or no, if Iran wanted to access this today, could they? I'm not going to speculate one way or another here about future transactions. What I can tell you is none of it has been Excess, and we are watching every dime, as you would expect we would. We're watching it very, very closely. So and I'm not going to still tap into it. I'm not in a position to speak about these press reports. I'm telling you, nothing's been accessed, and we have oversight. We we have oversight over uh, over what can be accessed and for what purposes. And on another topic, the president said yesterday that he told Netanyahu that it's important, even with all of the emotion and anger and frustration, that they operate by the rules of war. Why does the president feel the need to underscore this point? The president feels strongly about the uh, law of armed conflict and, uh, uh, and the proper respect for innocent life anywhere in the world, no matter where it is. And that certainly includes, maybe even especially includes, our own military operations. But is the president worried that Israel may have already violated the rules of war or that they might going forward? It's, all, it's just part of the conversations that we've been having with our Israeli counterparts about, uh, about the prosecution of, the, of, of these military operations. The, 
Palestinian people are likewise innocent civilians. They didn't ask Hamas to come in and do this, and, and I think it's it, it's always on the president's mind the protection of civilian life. And one last quick thing: I'm wondering what you made of the former president last night calling the Israeli defense minister a jerk, saying that Hezbollah was really very smart. I'm not going to comment about comments on the campaign trail. That's well beyond the pale for me. Gotcha. Thank you, Kirby. Can you give us an update on the intelligence about Iran's role in this? Anything changing in terms of what you're seeing, um, what the U.S. assesses to be Iran's role? No, I don't have any updates for you. We're still looking into this, but again, no direct evidence that Iran was a participant in these attacks in, 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 in any way. But again, you know, we're still we're still monitoring it. We're still we're still looking at it. And if I can go back, Mary, just while I'm not going to comment. Um, I, I would just add that we take seriously our bilateral relationship with Israel. Uh, we don't get to decide, obviously, who their cabinet officials are. That, that wouldn't be our business. But we have strong relationships with them, and it's important now that those relationships continue to improve and grow, uh, right, it, it, particularly in, in this time of crisis. And so we're focused on getting things done and supporting Israel. That's where our heads are. Joey. Yeah, thanks, Green. Uh, Admiral, uh, speaking of Iran, what did President Biden mean yesterday in his remarks when he said he, quote, made it clear to Iranians, be careful? What was that referring to? It refers precisely to his comments the day before about not wanting to see any third party, be it a terrorist group or a nation state, uh, that might have hostile feelings towards Israel that you know, thinking that this might be a good uh, time to take advantage of that and to uh, to widen and expand the conflict, very much in keeping with what he said the day before. Well, was that message communicated to Iran or? President of the United States said it publicly. I think that's pretty good communication. Audience question, please. Um, thank you, Admiral. I just wondering if you could um, explain to us um, just about how the, uh, the the president came to say yesterday that he'd um, seen um, pictures of uh, militants beheading children. Um, obviously, it's important to. You know, make sure the disinformation doesn't get out there. How did how did he end up uh, saying? He's referring to images. I think many of you you have seen. Certain your colleagues have uh, reported on, and obviously Israeli officials have spoken to, as recently as today. We know that Secretary Blinken was also shown some additional images uh, by Prime Minister Netanyahu. Um, so, I mean, the thing I think, and just allow me a second here. It, we all need to be prepared for the fact that there's going to be additional gruesome images coming out. And there's going to be some pretty tough reports for all of us to swallow. Uh, this is not over. Um, and all that is, and, the, and the, certainly the President's comments yesterday, to underscore the utter depravity and the barbaric nature with, with, the, which, with which these terrorists uh, murdered and butchered uh, innocent Israeli civilians. And that further underscores why, and this is what the president's specific point was yesterday, that we've got to stay with Israel. We've got to continue to make sure they have the support that they need. A couple of follow-up questions, actually, to what Mary had been asking. Um, regarding the issue about abiding by the laws of war, Israel does continue to halt supplies of food um, other aid materials to Gaza. So I'm wondering if the U.S. feels that is an appropriate action by the Israelis and if you made any concerns about that to the Israeli, Israeli government. We are having conversations with Israeli officials about the continued need for humanitarian assistance for the Palestinian people who are victims here as well. 
Does the U.S. see that as any sort of a violation of the law? I'm not, I'm not going to stand up here and, and put a bumper sticker on it. We are having active conversations, as we would uh, anywhere around the world. Uh, with their Israeli counterparts. And regarding um, the former president's comments last night, um, setting aside the politics of it, um, do you have any concern that he may have revealed classified information as it relates to the death of Soleimani in 2020 and his comments last night? I I'm not in a position to comment on that right now. Jackie. Thank you, Karina. Um, John, one quick one on the charter flights. Are, are those free of cost to American citizens now? I would refer you to the State Department. Typically they are, but I mean, I, I, I don't have the, they're still working through the details of how they're going to coordinate these. And then on the, the $6 billion, we know that 100 senators were told on Tuesday night that the plan was basically to leave any requests for withdrawals pending indefinitely. And now we know that House Democrats were told by the Deputy Treasury Secretary behind closed doors this morning, pretty much the same, with one added layer that there's an agreement with Qatar uh, not to let those funds be dispersed. I just, why is it that you won't come out and say that the U.S. does not intend to let this money go to Iran. Jackie, we, we've always had, since the beginning, we've always had the ability to provide oversight over the disbursement of these funds. We've always had the option, uh, uh, if, if we wanted it, to look at transactions and to make a call about whether we found it valid or not. That has not changed. And even now, as you and I are speaking, none of that money has been accessed by anybody. It's still all there. Is it because we think that freezing it essentially again would complicate uh, any negotiations with Iran or our ability to get Americans home in the future? I'm not going to go into any more detail. Okay, and then on the um, overland and uh, by sea and, and by land efforts, I guess, why is it that we find ourselves in so many situations trying to get Americans out um, and that it's largely happening, you know, not through a government effort, but we're telling, you know, civilians to find their way across a border um, in a war zone. It happened in Ukraine, it, you know, it, it, why is it that we found ourselves in that position so many times, it seems? In what position, exactly? Where we're directing American citizens to basically find their way, their own way, to U.S. help on the other side, whereas you've got other countries that are sending their military in or, or doing evacuations in a more formal way? Well, first of all, uh, uh, Americans and dual passport holders live all over the world. And sometimes they choose to live in places where, where bad things happen. Um, you know, we're, not in a, we're not in a position of lecturing to Americans where they can go live, work, or travel, recreate. Um, number two, they don't have to tell us that they're there. So sometimes it's really hard to get a sense of what the population is. Um, in places like Israel, there's, there, there are a lot of Americans. Um, most of them, not well, most, maybe most are dual nationals, but a lot of Americans are, are there. Other nations have smaller populations, and maybe they have, you know, they have to make their own decisions about how they're going to handle those smaller populations. Um, we also have to be respectful of the needs and the desires of Americans who, who live there. We know that some want to leave. We also know that a lot of them want to stay. It's home. They don't want to go. And we have to respect that as well. So we tailor the approach based on what's going on and 
what's going on geographically inside a country because some parts of countries that are in distress are safer than others and people are less likely to want to go. You have to take all that into consideration. And the other thing I'd say to your question is, it, it, the, as this situation evolves, you should expect that so too will our approach evolve. And, and if there's a need to do more or to do it differently, well, by goodness, we'll, we'll do that. But right now, in the early hours, there was still ample commercial flights going out of Ben-Gurion, and certainly there were some viable land routes. We kept, and part, part of the reason why we're doing this is because we have such good communication with Americans, and we're having these conversations, and we realized that as the situation has evolved, more and more Americans were expressing a desire to leave, and because not all carriers are working out of Ben-Gurion, this made sense as the next best move. If we have to adjust it, we absolutely will. On the day of jihad, are we doing anything to um, fortify, I guess, the U.S. against any potential activity against Americans with domestically or abroad, given the calls for a day of jihad and your statement yesterday that now is not the time to go back and look at any intelligence gaps? Is it the time being that tomorrow is supposed to be this what, day of jihad? What I meant well, by yesterday was we're focused on making sure that our, our intelligence sharing with the Israelis is as sharp and as good as possible for the operations that they are in. I saw some reporting that made it sound like I blew it off. That is not the case. We understand that there will, there will be a need to go back and look at what was missed, by whom and when. Of course we're going to do that. But we've got to stay focused on the task at hand right now. And as for your second question, absolutely, we are constantly in touch with local law enforcement, state and, state and uh, uh, federal officials uh, across the country to, uh, to make sure that we are as, as vigilant as we can be to be able to identify and disrupt uh, any threats to the American people. We're absolutely going to stay focused on that. John, is the concern about publicly addressing the $6 million is now being frozen a concern that it would suggest culpability on the part of Iran on these specific events? And is that too um, volatile a statement for the U.S. government to make publicly, since clearly it's being communicated privately to lawmakers and others? Uh, again, I don't have anything more to add on this, Kelly. All I can tell you is we haven't seen any specific evidence that uh, Iran was was uh, involved specifically with these uh, attacks. But as we've said broadly, yes, they're certainly complicit. We're not walking away from the fact that uh, Iran has supported Hamas and other terrorist networks. So this is not about being unwilling uh, to to speak to culpability. We've already spoken to the culpability and complicity of Iran with respect to support to terrorist groups. Uh, I'm just not able to go into more detail than that. I, I would tell you that, again, I'm reminded, I know I sound like a broken record, but not a dime has been accessed, and we are watching it very, very closely. When the President spoke about uh, the hostage situation in yesterday's event with Jewish community leaders and the fate of Americans broadly, and that he didn't want to say too much publicly for obvious reasons. Could you just speak to what his view is about an American military role in another country when Americans' lives are at stake? How would he view the calculus there? Is it deferring to the Israeli, uh, the IDF? Is it working in partnership? How would he describe, uh, as Commander-in-Chief, what his priorities are with that kind of uh, potential? As Commander-in-Chief, his first priority is always the safety and security of, the Amer of Americans that are overseas, as well as our own national security interests. And we have national security interests throughout the region. 
uh, moving the carrier strike group to the Eastern Med is part and parcel of that concern he has of our broader national security interests here. Now, the Israelis have uh, made it very clear that, that they don't want foreign troops uh, on their soil, that they want to prosecute these operations on their own, and they have every right to want to do that. Now, we have some uh, some experts that were already in country uh, at part providing advice and counsel on like hostage recovery. We obviously have a terrific inf information and intelligence sharing relationship with Israel. We're working to improve that. And certainly we have a strong defense relationship when it comes to providing weapons and, and munitions, and we're doing that. And so um, no, there are no intentions, no plans to put uh, American troops on the ground in combat. Um, he hasn't been given any updates. And there is no interest by the Israelis. For options to that effect since Saturday? There are no plans or intentions to do that, so there are no active planning efforts underway to do that. And the Israelis have made it clear that, that they would not welcome that in, in any event. What we're going to do is make sure that, and this is a very capable, small, but very capable military, and we're going to do everything we can to improve those capabilities. Thanks a lot. Go ahead. Go ahead. You um, guys fight it out. Yeah, <laughs> uh, is the U.S. contemplating the creation of a humanitarian parole program like the one for Ukrainians, for people of Israel or people on the ground? I'm not aware of any such plans. And I have another question. Is the U.S. willing to withhold the uh, military aid to Israel until they create a, a, a humanitarian corridor? We are providing them military aid as we speak. So no, there's no plans of, of holding back military assistance. We wouldn't do that. The president has been talking now for three days about how we're going to keep giving them the capabilities that they need. That doesn't mean we aren't going to have conversations with them, as I've answered now three or four times, uh, about uh, humanitarian assistance and the importance of that getting into the, the, the people of Gaza. We're going to stick with this. It's a lively discussion. Advantage for, for Israel? As a what? Uh, as a strategic advantage for Israel creating the, the corridor? It's the right thing to do for humanitarian assistance. It's the right thing to do for uh, uh, innocent victims who are who are actually being held hostage, literally, as well, by Hamas. Go ahead, Brian. Thanks, Brian. Thanks John. Uh, the oil sales coming out of Iran have increased over the last year. Is the U.S. looking at what it can do with the existing oil sanctions to decrease the the amount of barrels coming out of Iran. Without getting into specifics, I can tell you that we are constantly reviewing our regime sanctions against Iran, and we will continue to do that. Should we expect some announcement or, or That's more as far as I'm going to go today. of those sanctions? That's as far as I'm going to go today. Yeah, Jay. Thank you. Thank you, Caroline, and thank you, John. I'm here. Okay, I have... I know. I see you. I have two questions for you. And first question, regarding arms trade between Hamas and North Korea, Hamas used the North Korean rockets to attack Israel. Can you tell us about the current situation where North Korea is providing weapons to Hamas? And second question, how will the Middle East crisis affect United States security strategy on the Korean Peninsula? I can't confirm the reports about the, the, the rockets. Uh, I'm happy to take that question and, and see if we have more information on it. I just don't have that today. Uh, and as for how what's going on in the Middle East is going to affect 
um, our view of the security environment on the peninsula or quite frankly anywhere else in the world. We're a big enough, strong enough nation. Uh, and we've got global responsibilities to, to look after our national security interests anywhere and everywhere. We're still also supporting Ukraine um, in their fight against Russia. We're still doing an uh, amazing amount of work in the Indo-Pacific to shore up our alliances and our partnerships um, and to try to increase stability, security, and prosperity throughout the region. So we're not worried about our ability to do all those things. Good, Tim. Yeah, thank you. Um, on the $6 billion, I'm trying to figure out if you're saying that policy hasn't actually changed in any way or just that you aren't willing to talk about changes that may have happened in the last 24 hours. Bingo. Okay. All right. And <laughs> lovely. Thank you for clarifying. Uh, the other question is, um, on Morning Edition today, we had someone on who is an American citizen living in Gaza. Is the United States doing anything to help American citizens who are trapped in Gaza who may want to get back to the U.S.? In, uh, in, these not, are, these not are the Palestinians. Yes, like dual passport holders. Yeah, the, the first and most important thing that we're trying to do is, is as I mentioned yesterday, uh, allow for safe passage. Right now, they, they can't leave. So we would have no physical means uh, of permitting that transit out. And so that's why we're so actively having conversations with the Israelis and the Egyptians about a safe passage corridor so that people who want to leave can leave. Um, and then at that time, you know, if it's onward travel that they might need, then, you know, we'd be more in a position to, to be more physically involved. Does that make sense? Um, okay. Yeah, I was, well, I was going to address your first question, but I think I'm just going to leave it. Well, you could. No, I'm going to leave it. I'm going to leave it. Thanks. Um, just to go back to the President's comments yesterday about the pictures he said he never thought he would see and have confirmed pictures of terrorists beheading children. At that point in time, had he seen such photos? What had he seen that made him say that? I don't have anything to add to, to what he said. I mean, again, um, you guys have all reported uh, on these atrocities. You've, some of your outlets have even run some of these images. Um, it, it, they're, they're plain for everybody to see. and. Prime Minister's office has spoken to that. Even before today, they'd spoken to these kinds of atrocities. Um, and again, today, the Prime Minister showed Secretary Blinken some additional grotesque imagery. Sorry, one more. On the aid package, is there anything you can tell us about what the request would be to Congress, what that's going to look like, what the conditions are there? I had the same question as Catherine. But can you just specify whether or not Taiwan funding and possibly border security funding could be a part of that request? Nope. <laughs> Peter. Uh, yeah, well, the uh, Hamas uh, representative gave an interview to Russian television which they said they'd be willing to trade hostages for Hamas prisoners in any prisons, including in the United States, and they specifically said the United States has traded prisoners before, citing the Iran deal that was just made. Is that something the United States would consider doing in the case of the American citizens? I, I haven't seen that particular report, so I'm... I'm um, I'm going to be loath to comment specifically on it. Um, what I will tell you, just broadly speaking, is um, we obviously take seriously our responsibilities to get Americans held overseas back with their families. We have in the past entered into negotiations uh, to do exactly that. Um, and we have not foreclosed any option right now in terms of these particular hostages. Um, obviously, um, if, they can, if, if their return to their families can be uh, arrived at, uh, in a peaceful way, uh, without additional risk to their lives, that is certainly something we would take very, very seriously. Possible release of people that we might.
might be having in our prisons? Again, I, I won't get ahead of where we are. Even, Peter, even if I had more knowledge about this offer than I do today, my answer to you would be the same. It's never a good idea to negotiate for uh, the transfer of hostages or detainees in public, lest you torpedo the actual success you're trying to achieve. But I don't have a lot more granularity or context on this. All I can tell you is, uh, as Jake said himself better than I can, we'll do everything that we can, everything possible that we can, to get these Americans back home. I would remind Peter, we still don't have uh, a lot of information about exactly how many, uh, where they are, uh, not even all who they are. Um, so there's an awful lot of information we need to gain before we come up with any concrete policy options. How does the uh, Israeli strike on the Syrian airports change the situation? And then can you also address reports that e the Egyptians warned the Israelis in the days prior to the attack? I've, already, I've, asked, I've been asked that question about the Egyptian warning. I don't have anything on that. You'd have to talk to Egyptian authorities. I, I don't have anything. And I certainly wouldn't talk about intelligence matters. And on your first question, that's a better question put for the Israelis' defense forces, not for the United States. We're focused on helping them go after Hamas. Good, in the back. question about Lebanon. So Hezbollah is uh, uh, continuing operating against the Israeli targets at the border, Lebanese-Israeli border. Uh, are you still concerned that, that Hezbollah could be uh, taking part in this war? Sure. Yeah, absolutely. Any uh, uh, intelligent uh, information about the capability of Hezbollah that they've been <laughs> preparing? And we know that the capability is way stronger than Hamas. They, they are a potent terrorist group, no question about it. Um, uh, we watch uh, them closely. The Israelis watch them closely. Uh, we don't want to see this conflict widened. Uh, we don't want to see uh, Hezbollah make that kind of a decision. And I would remind, again, uh, that we take our national security interests very seriously in the region. And the reason why we moved a carrier strike group to the Eastern Med was to act as a deterrent for any other actor, including Hezbollah, that might think that widening this conflict is a good idea. American forces might, last question, American forces might join the war if Hezbollah made a difference. Are, you, the, are, are you implementing a policy decision there? No, no, I'm just, I'm just that, saying, you have a big, two big ships, one coming on their way. So I just want to if Hezbollah changed the game and, and didn't make a big impact I, I, in the war and made Israel look uh, another surprise, maybe. I appreciate the effort to try to get me to confirm a hypothetical. I'm not going to do that. I'm not going to do that. There is no intention or plan to put American troops on the ground in Israel. There's no desire by the Israelis for that outcome. So I'm just not going to get ahead of where things are. Thanks. Thanks, John. Uh, one of your priorities has been, as you said, to keep the war confined to Israel and Gaza. So are you concerned that that's going to be more difficult as casualties grow in Gaza and as the war escalates? It's going to, I mean, I think uh, the, the, the prospect of widening is, is going to depend a lot on, uh, on other actors outside Israel. And then just a quick follow-up, the U.S. is accelerating PGMs that Israel already paid for and then potentially considering sending even more after that. Have there been any restrictions put on how Israel uses those weapons, and if not, why not? I won't speak about that for Israeli operational security reasons, uh, and I'm not even going to get into detailing the kinds of munitions that, were being that are being provided to them. The Israelis have a, a right to have that information protected for their, for their own ability to conduct operations. Go ahead, Thank you. Um, John, I'm here. No. I want to press you on a previous question. Good. This administration... Good. I like that. Uh, good. This administration fought very hard against misinformation. You hold the truth as a gospel. So facts matter, I guess. Um, when you have misinformation, please to incitement and what to come. 
So again, whether it's the stories of beheaded babies or the rape, I just want to make sure that you are 100% sure of these stories because they prepare us to what to come. And I have in mind the Iraq war, where notable outlets, including many of our colleagues here, had disseminated misinformation and government slide, actually, about the, 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 the war. There's no comparison here, but I'm There's saying, no comparison I take, whatsoever. Yeah, I don't take uh, somebody else's uh, information as, if you don't verify it yourself, so are you saying there's no need to verify it yourself because you trust the sources? And I'm asking, my question to you is, how do you separate between facts and misinformation? Uh, that, that, boy, that's a, I mean, I taught a whole class at Georgetown on that. I mean, we could talk about this for hours. I mean, look, obviously we take seriously, what's that? <laughs> you're going to have to register, you're going to have to register for the class. Um, I don't know if you could handle the reading list, James. Look, we take it, we take it very, very seriously, uh, the, the, the need to be as factual uh, and certainly truthful as, as we can possibly be. Um, uh, I, if you're suggesting somehow that we're taking that lightly, I mean, I again refer you to many of the reporting many of your colleagues have done about the atrocities that have already taken place, excuse me, in just the last few days. Um, and comments made by Israeli officials themselves. Um, it's, it's obvious, sadly, but it's obvious what Hamas has proven willing to do to innocent Israeli citizens. We're, we're, gonna, we're, we're not going to shy away from talking about the grotesque, grotesque nature here of what uh, these terrorists ha have done. But I also think it's important that we all, and I'm not, I don't mean this in a uh, chastising way, but we all have to keep the larger picture in mind here of what's going on and, uh, and how important it is for Israel to be able to eliminate this very real, very tangible, very demonstrable threat to the lives of their own citizens. One more question, just quickly. If you manage or succeed to open the border crossing with Egypt to Rafah, can you guarantee that Palestinians from Gaza who are exiting will go back? Because there is a fear Will go back. Yes, go back to Gaza after the war ends. Because there's a fear that when people leave, as history told us, since you're referring to Georgetown, you they, well, they, they don't come back. So uh, they don't come back. There's people okay. worried about an ethnic cleansing, that when people leave, they don't come back. I know, I understand that. Uh, our focus right now is making sure that, and not all of them are going to want to leave, but who, those who do, who really want to get out, that they have the ability to get out. That's the real first priority. Um, uh, and, and, you know, if, if there's a concern about getting back in at the appropriate time, we'll certainly deal with that as a policy issue going forward. I mean, the, the bottom line here is that we know that Gaza is home for these people. And, and they, if they want to go back home, they should absolutely be allowed to go back home. But they should be able to make those decisions, just like citizens anywhere should be able to make those kinds of, uh, of decisions. Good, Naomi. Thank you. Um, Today, Senator Bob Menendez was accused of being a foreign agent. Is the White House considering or uh, will consider putting a national security assessment on the situation? I have no, nothing to update or comment on that. Yeah. Uh, thanks, Marie. Hi, John. Uh, are you, is the White House concerned or have any response to the court order in Kenya that temporarily blocked deployment of security officers to on the multinational uh, mission to Haiti? Um, and if this uh, legal challenge is successful. Is that concerning? Is that does that change the U.S.'s uh, pledge in this mission 
on I'm, that. I'm gonna have to take that question, sir. I'm I wasn't tracking that. I don't want to I don't want to speculate. Thanks, Karen. Thank you, John. So a follow-up question on social media and misinformation. Social media platform X says it has removed hundreds of Hamas-affiliated accounts and has taken down thousands of posts since Hamas attack on Israel. Does the, administration think, does, does the administration think that enough is being done about potential misinformation surrounding this war, and how concerned is the administration about this? We've seen the reports that X has, uh, has taken down quite a bit of uh, misinformation. I mean, we, we certainly support those decisions. That, 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 that kind of information has no business being out there, certainly when you know it's uh, absolutely no, it's false. So, uh, uh, so we're grateful and, 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 and support that. That was obviously a corporate decision that they made. And again, it, we think it was, uh, it was done in the right vein. And a follow-up question on sending U.S. troops. So you said there's no intention and no plan to do so, but has it been ruled out? Is that still an option pending? There is no intention, no plan, and frankly, no desire by the Israelis for U.S. combat troops to be involved in this conflict. James. Okay, thank you very much, Kareen, and, and thank you, Admiral. Two questions on the Mideast crisis. 27 Americans killed is a very large number. That is larger than the number of Americans who were killed by terrorists during our withdrawal from Afghanistan, larger than the number of Americans killed at the USS Cole, larger than the number of Americans killed at Benghazi or beheaded by ISIS. And I believe it's accurate to say that after all of those events, direct U.S. military action was ordered by the Commander-in-Chief. 27 Americans killed. Why is it the posture of the Biden administration to just let Israel handle this job, in essence, um, instead of U.S. forces going in and getting the guys that killed our people? James, we, we will do, as Jake said, everything we can to get uh, those American hostages home with their families. We recognize that they are not the only people being held hostage. Other nationalities are included in that group. We don't have enough information right now to make a policy decision about how to do it. So I can appreciate the sense of urgency in your question. Believe me, we share it. But we aren't going to act one way or another until we have enough information to act upon. And then on the hostages issue, um, you have suggested that it's a very small number of hostages, American hostages, being held in Gaza, uh, less than a handful. Treat yourself. And I assume that that, is, that assessment is still operative. Um, has there been any discussion uh, amongst President Biden and his aides about how to avoid the fate of Jimmy Carter in this situation, where we actually saw the President of the United States and his administration become, in effect, hostages themselves? to a foreign terrorist organization. With all the respect that President Biden has for President Carter, I can assure you that he is not focusing uh, on history here, uh, even domestic history. He's focusing on what's going on now and making sure that we are doing everything we can to support Israel and look after our national security interests in this moment, because this is not 1979. It's 2023, and Hamas is an organization that has existed for many years with the support of Iran. We've got enough challenges just dealing with this that we're focused on that and that alone. Thanks, everybody. Thank you. Okay. That is it for that. But we have more, so don't go away. I'll be right back. 
the New World Order. Government Overreach The Great Reset Mainstream Media Lies Now more than ever, independent voices are needed. Donate now, at FreedomReporters.com That's FreedomReporters.com Maverick News The Antivirus Program For Your Mind Okay, let's get um, the latest comments from Justin Trudeau. He was in Yellowknife way up in the Great White North today. Here he is. This is what he had to say about this today. Canada supports Israel's right to defend itself in accordance with international law. Hamas is a terrorist organization, and it does not represent the Palestinian people or the legitimate aspirations of the Palestinian people, and it does not represent Arabs or Muslims. Israeli and Palestinian civilians deserve to live in peace, in security, in dignity, and with their human rights respected. Canada will be providing an initial $10 million in humanitarian assistance to address urgent needs in Israel and in the Gaza Strip, and Minister Hussein will have more details soon. As events abroad unfold, I want to take a moment to reassure the Jewish and Muslim communities here in Canada who are feeling especially vulnerable. I want you to know that we continue our efforts to keep our places of worship and communities safe our government is in regular contact with the leadership of the RCMP and your local MPs are closely liaising with law enforcement. We must always stand united as Canadians. This is something that is core to Canada. We take care of each other, even in the most difficult of times, and we support each other always. Turning to this announcement, Okay, so enough of that. Funny to hear him talking about uh, things related to freedom or human rights. But there he is. There he is. And, uh, yeah, I mean, he's slipping in the polls in a pretty major way. We'll come back to that. But first, here's, um, here's an interesting clip from Andrew Torba, who has quite a following on X, formerly Twitter. And, uh, I think his his views are reflective of a growing number of people right now with regard to the situation in Israel-Palestine. I'm asked to weigh in with what's going on in Israel and Palestine, and I'll give you the unvarnished truth. I don't care about Israel. I don't care about Palestine. 
I don't care about Ukraine, and I don't care about getting involved in any more foreign wars. If the federal government thinks that I'm going to lift a finger or I'm going to give my son or my daughter to go fight and die for an enemy that hates us, for a federal government that hates us, then they're in for a rude awakening. There's four things I care about. My God, my family, my community, and seeing justice done on all of the politicians and greedy businessmen that have sold our country out and made us vulnerable to attack foreign nations. Let your memory be long, beloved. Don't forget. And back to the live feed of Gaza tonight. That's what it looks like. We'll hang here for a moment. We saw a few explosions the first time we brought this uh, this up for you. And again, this is as real as it gets, as current as it gets. These are live aerial cameras pointing at Gaza. Quiet at the moment. Did I see a flash there? We did see some explosions earlier. Well, we'll have to cross our fingers, pray, if, uh, if you do that, and hope that tomorrow is a calm day. We'll keep tabs on things tomorrow. I know a lot of people are worried. Let's take a break. We'll come back, move on to other news. Don't go away. Greetings, brave mavericks. Our quest for truth continues. We go beyond fake news. Together we expose propaganda. Together we pull others out of rabbit holes. We are maverick thinkers. We are all unique individuals, individuals, defenders of individual rights and freedoms, credible, trusted, grounded in reality. Maverick News, Maverick News. Defending free speech, free speech. Donate at freedomreporters.com. Do it now. Tomorrow may be too late. Too late. Too late. Maverick News. The, the world, world is, is watching.
Maverick News. The world is watching. So we just saw that clip of Justin Trudeau up in Yellowknife, but he has seen better days and it appears he may be past his best before date. Because there's a new poll out from Nanos Research today saying that if an election were to be held right now, Justin Trudeau would be defeated and that the Conservatives would likely win a majority. I have for you a look at the stats, the numbers, the poll results. Here we are. So as you can see, Pierre Polyev is the preferred prime minister by 32.1% of Canadians. That is a commanding lead. Trudeau trails well behind now at 23%. For a long time, they were just about even. And Jagmeet Singh leading the NDP, New Democrats, 15.6%. The other parties kind of pick up the, the slack at the end there with the Greens under Elizabeth May at 4.2%. And of course, this is a, a poll asking who would be, who would make the best prime minister? Who would you prefer to be best prime minister? It's not a, a question about which party you would vote for. It's who would make the best prime minister. The Bloc Québécois with Jean François Blanchet, 3.7, and Maxime Bernier of the People's Party of Canada at 2%. And you can see that the Conservatives moved up 4.9, Liberals down 4.7. So it appears that the gains primarily at the expense of the Liberal Party or Trudeau. Support going from Trudeau to Polyev. And you can understand why high inflation, the economy's not that great. Unrest, people worried. And protests in the streets ramping up against Trudeau. Oh yeah, he's not popular, not anymore. The socks, the fancy socks, they're just not enough anymore. Not to mention the, the quaff the hair. No, people are looking for some substance now because it's hitting everybody in the pocketbook. What else do we have on, on tap for you? We've got the Parents' Bill of Rights has officially been introduced in the Saskatchewan legislature. Take note, my American friends. What's happening here is spreading all across North America. Parents' Bill of Rights. What's that all about? Well, the provincial government's Parents' Bill of Rights has been introduced. It is being read a first time 
and the Saskatchewan Legislature. It's known as Bill 137, and the province says that the legislation outlines a number of rights that parents have to be involved in in their children's education and invokes the notwithstanding clause of the Canadian Constitution to ensure parents must provide consent if a child wants to change their gender identification in school. So this is a shot right across the bow for the neoliberal woke crowd who advocate for a reduction or even a removal of parental rights in a school setting. Where I know that many parents are concerned about a shift in attitude and policy in many jurisdictions where children confiding in a counselor or teacher or being counseled by someone in a position of authority in a school might support a change in their gender identification without parental knowledge and with no obligation on the part of the education professional to share that information with the parents. So the introduction of the bill has been given unanimous support by Saskatchewan Party, MLAs, and Saskatchewan United Party leader, Nadine Wilson. It was also unanimously opposed by all 14 Saskatchewan NDP MLAs. So Scott Moe, the Premier of Saskatchewan, has vowed to invoke the notwithstanding clause that would allow the legislation to become law shortly after a Court of King's Bench judge granted an injunction of the policy to UR Pride in September. So this injunction puts a hold on the policy, which then prompted Moe to call the legislature back two weeks ahead of the start of the scheduled fall session in order to get this, this legislation introduced sooner. So the culture wars rage. And at the moment, they're raging in the Saskatchewan Provincial Legislature in Canada. So there is that. What else do I have on tap for you tonight? Oh, yes. Um, there is this. I'm going to show it to you, and I honestly, I don't know exactly what to make of it. This is footage, fresh, very fresh, of a car doing like donuts and burnouts in the middle of a highway in New York. And the post, the social media post is, well, I'll, I'll bring it up here so you can see what I'm talking about. It says it's happening in New York right now after Hamas leader Khaled Michel calls for a day of jihad tomorrow, Friday the 13th, and tells Muslims to take to the streets in protest against Israel. And then this encourages people to prepare for anything. I'll run it for you. It says that the people in the car doing the, the, the donuts and burnouts and disrupting traffic and people's lives have a Palestinian flag.
what to make of that. I looked very, very closely at it. I did see what appeared to be someone hold up a flag. I could not make out what the flag is. The video is from a distance. I can't say what the motivation was behind that with any certainty. But it is out there. Personally, I'm questioning it. Because again, I don't know. We see all these things. Someone adds some text to it, makes a comment to give it some sort of context, which may or may not be appropriate or accurate. I don't know. It's concerning if it's being presented to us in a factual, accurate, and and with proper context and in that kind of manner, then yeah, I mean, I'm very would be very very worried. But I don't know. Just don't know. Show it to you. You can assess for yourselves. I can't say with any certainty exactly what that is. But I'm just making you aware because it is going around. All right. And you know, that's kind of where we're at. Now, there's also a, a story here tonight about this Florida law that targets drag queen story time hour or drag shows. Um, apparently, look, this law has been challenged in the courts and they are upholding a decision which prevents that law from being enforced in Florida, at least for now. So here's this account of what that story is about from, well, this is the ABC version of this story. It says a ruling prohibiting the enforcement of a new Florida law targeting drag shows will stay in place for the time being. A panel of the 11th U.S. Circuit Court of Appeals on Wednesday upheld a lower court's granting of a preliminary injunction stopping the law from being enforced until a trial is held in Orlando to determine its constitutionality. In their appeal, attorneys for the Florida Department of Business and Professional Regulation had asked that the injunction only apply to the business that had challenged the law, saying that the judge's injunction sweeps beyond plaintiff to non-parties who may wish to expose children to live obscene performances in violation of the statute. But a majority of the appeals court panel ruled against that request, saying the Florida agency hadn't shown that the lower court had erred by prohibiting the law's enforcement. So what's this about? Well, the law was challenged by the owner of Hamburger Mary's Restaurant and Bar in Orlando. They host drag shows there, uh, which include family-friendly performances on Sundays, or so, so described, and children are invited to attend those events. The owner of the restaurant says the law has gone overboard and is written in vague language, which violates First Amendment rights by chilling speech. Of course, this law comes from the Ron DeSantis government in Florida. DeSantis, as we know, is one of the front runners for, well, as close to the front as you can get when you're running against Donald Trump, but he's running for the 2024 GOP presidential nomination. So that battle continues as well. 
culture wars raging on. Okay, folks, let's do this. Let's go to the phones. Take a quick break first. And I'll just remind you on this side of where we're at that you can support the show by donating at maverickdonations.com. We definitely need your support. Or you can also donate at freedomreporters.com. That takes you to the PayPal page. The Rumble Rants work in a similar manner to the Super Chats on YouTube, so you can donate over there on Rumble using the Rumble Rants. Certainly appreciate that too. And please consider subscribing on Rumble, on our Rumble channel, if you haven't already. If you're over there, please, please, please consider subscribing. And if you're not over there, please consider going over to the Rumble channel. It's the most important social media platform we have right now because we are growing and we have pretty much replaced um, a lot of the, uh, the audience that we lost when our YouTube channel came under fire from Google, YouTube. And we're still not running on our main YouTube channel. Kind of crippled over there in that, in that way. We are running on our secondary YouTube channel, so if you're there, please subscribe there too and hit the notification bell. And we're working on some other workarounds. So we're st we still have a, you know, the majority of our audience and we've been growing, so we've got it back. So that's a good thing. And we're firing on all cylinders on Facebook too. And Twitter. So we're doing okay, folks. We're going to survive, I think, maybe. But only with your help. So again, freedomreporters.com. Stay with me. I will be right back. I'll set up the phone lines and you guys can weigh in on tonight's conversation. Don't go away. The New World Order. Government Overreach. The Great Reset. Mainstream Media Lies. Now more than ever, independent voices are needed. Donate now at freedomreporters.com. That's freedomreporters.com. Maverick News, the antivirus program for your mind. Fear not the storm, for truth is on our side. Maverick News. The world is watching. Okay, I'm getting everything set up here. Just have almost set up. So we gotta go here. Oh, brother. Not fast enough. Still working on it here, folks. Let's run this little transition here, and I'll be right back. 
Maverick News. The world is watching. Okay, ladies and gents, here's the number to call. Call now, call, call often. Join the conversation. Call 1-833-975-3733. That's 1-833-975. Free. Speak up. Speak out. Make your voice heard. Maverick News. Fighting for freedom by defending your right to free speech. Be a Maverick. Join us. and roll here's the number 1833 975 let's go to our first caller of the night who do we have on the line go ahead rock and roll hiatola hey how are you doing sir what's happening i like how justin trudeau really uh speaks on behalf of all canadians he should keep his mouth shut because not all Canadians like him. Okay, and like you said, if he was there was a election today, he'd be long gone. Yep. Sayonara. His days are numbered. He apologized. Yeah, he apologized on behalf of all Canadians for him letting uh, and his crew of uh, liberal dick suckers let a Nazi into uh, the House of Commons and give him a standing ovation. But he apologized on. Our behalf. Yeah. It wasn't right. our behalf that did no, it. No, it was not. Nope. <laughs> not even close. Right. And then the shit with India. The, I don't think you covered anything about the uh, expelled diplomats from India. Uh, I didn't mention anything today. Nope. No, because, uh, you know, we're all caught up. In, uh, look over here. Yeah, look over here right. in Israel. Yep. That way. Don't look this way. Look over here. Well, we've been looking over there for my whole life. Nothing changes if nothing changes. I'm not going to sit here and say I'm pro-Israeli. At the end of the day, it was the the Jews, the hierarchy of the rabbis called the Pharisees that hung cross on the who hung Christ on the cross and dried him out. Okay, so I'm far from <laughs> believe me. I want to stay neutral. I do, mm-hmm. but these, uh, you know, we. I've seen it. I've seen videos for years, okay, of how the Israelis treat the Palestines in Gaza, okay, and mm-hmm. that's why you don't see any uh, elderly men in Gaza because they were all killed. Okay, they've been putting little kids, women on the walls forever, okay, in Gaza, and the Israelis been shooting them. So when they say, "Oh, they, they murdered all these women and children," I get it. Okay, that's war. War's greasy, war's dirty, okay, and at the, at the end of the day, I want to stay as neutral as I can on this one, but I got a lot of friends that are from, actually, my daughter's boyfriend. You should get him on the show. 
his house is blown up right now. He came from Palestine, and they owned a piece of property in Gaza. It's gone. I just talked to him today. He's a good kid. Works at the hospital, right? Uh, it's my daughter's boyfriend, and uh, he's not taking it too well, right? what's going on over there, right? I get it. I get it. I get it better than most people. I see both sides of the story before I open my mouth. Yeah. Anything to say, Rick? I don't know, Leo. Sometimes I'm just at a loss of, of, for, for words because everything that goes on over there is, is in my view, largely senseless. It's... Um, I just see atrocities on both sides, both of which, you know, it's all inexcusable. Um, it's like I, the, it's like Nicholas Cage when he played that uh, that movie called the. Uh, he was the gun runner. Was it Lord of Lord, Lord of Wars or whatever it was? Yeah, yeah, Lord of War, God but, of War, lot of Lord of Wars. Yeah. yeah, Lord of Wars. Okay, Nicholas Cage when he played that, and you see every time a bullet bullets fired, cha-ching, cha-ching. Okay, it's money. Mm-hmm. Right now, okay, the Americans are selling as many as they can of the, the missile defense systems for is, Israel. So every time they fire okay, uh, and replenish their, their stock, it's $50,000 per missile, folks. America's profiting like they always do. Yeah. Definitely. Okay, the they're the big culprit behind Oh, hey, who's the quietest one out of the whole bunch right now, Rick? Do you know? I know. The quietest one out of the whole bunch of countries? Yeah. All the countries, yeah. The quietest out of all of them. Um, China. Well, that's true. <laughs> Appropriately China. so, I would say. I don't think they need to weigh in on this, and it's probably wise for them to not say much. They never weigh. They never weigh in on it, on any of it. Yeah, you know, you don't see them weighing in too much on the Ukrainian bullshit. Uh, you don't see them weighing in too much on the North Korean bullshit. They are not weighing in on the Israeli bullshit. They're just sitting back. They're the Chinese. Wow. Are they the smart ones? <laughs> you know, well, you know, are I, they, I, gave, the ones I, come you know I gave my assessment of what I think is going on last night. I I, I still stand by that. And, uh, you know, I think that what you're saying is largely true as well. I think all of these things are true. Well, yeah. Who's going to come in with the mop? The brooms and the mops, the Chinese. You know, Gaza has to be what? Rebuilt. Who's going to do that? The Chinese. Right? So they stand to make a lot of money out of this. You know, it's all about dollars and cents. It always has been. You know, the... But now it's not so much about dollars and cents when you when you just seen what happened this week, right? So, you know, this is a very important week, especially tomorrow, like you're saying, and you got these uh, these moss leaders demanding jihad throughout North America. Well, I, I think it is right? about uh, I think we'll it see. is largely about money. I, it, yeah, I mean, we've got this escalation over here, but this is also coming at a time when there are efforts underway to uh, undermine. The U.S. dollar is the, the world default currency. This is coming at a time when you're seeing right. this new alliance between, you know, all the BRICS nations, um, you know, 
So in, in, well, in yeah, opposition exactly. to the West. So this, uh, like I said yesterday, this is not checkmate, but it certainly puts the U.S. in a position of check when you're playing checkers or, or sorry, chess. And uh, uh, it's I think I see this as uh, a response to what's going on in Ukraine. It's like, OK, screw you guys. You, you've you've done this to us and brought this war right to our doorstep. Now we're going to do it to you, but we're going to do it through Israel. And uh, that's that's exactly part, that's what I'm seeing. Yeah, exactly. You know, when you leave over three billion dollars worth of armaments in Afghanistan, okay, and a lot of these are uh, already in Gaza. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> okay, yeah. Uh, you, you can sit there and blame Iran and blame whoever you want. Blame yourself. You left it there. I've never seen anybody fold up from a war like that in my life. Even in Vietnam, they were dumping yeah. the helicopters in the in the sea. Okay. Yeah. They were dumping them in the sea or whatever it is outside Vietnam there, right? Uh, dumping them right off the ships, okay? I've never seen anything like it. So, you know, it's all about the economy, and the economy is hitting the ships. Yeah. So yeah, what, I mean, what boosts the economy? I mean, there's so much corruption, and I don't think Biden or Trudeau are on our side. Uh, this is... Obviously, what his foreign policy is a disaster. It is designed to be a disaster. You couldn't be any worse. I I knew as soon as he got elected, we'd be going to war. Here we are. They love it. You knew. Donald Trump said it. Yeah. He's exactly what was going to happen today. Okay. Yeah. And uh, he said that. And and you know what? Now people are going, oh, Donald Trump was right. But uh, you still got a lot of people that are trying to stick by Joe Biden and brain dead people like Trudeau, okay, yep. and uh, Britain's Prime Minister Rasky or whatever his name is, mm -hmm. okay. It, these people, it's all going to fall on them eventually, right? So, as you see, there's going to be uprisings in Canada, okay, and mm -hmm. you know sometimes that's it's not a good thing. I, I I I don't think so. I know so. You know it's overdue. You know, when you got these people that are sitting here and they're calling the shots for people. Okay, I just came back from Super Strike, took the night off of work tonight, went with my son, went shopping. And for $120, what I grabbed, it was a joke. It cost me $12 for roast uh, uh, peanuts, peanuts with uh, dipped in chocolate, chocolate-covered peanuts, a bag of chocolate-covered peanuts, $12. Yeah, what you know, joke. I was at, I was at a, a variety store where I go to get filtered water. And I looked over at the ice cream freezer, right, where they have all the novelty ice creams. I mean, seven dollars, seven ninety nine for like a frozen dairy treat on a stick. How what, you know when we Just were kids? When, when we were kids, we used to chase after the ice cream truck, and you know you'd you'd get change to go get your ice cream treat. Now it's like eight dollars. Seven ninety nine. Mm -hmm. What what well, kid can funny, afford they, that? Well, yeah, yeah, what's his name? Luke Champlain. There's a fucked up name, if you ask me. Uh, is that his name? Luke Champlain, the minister of fucking whatever he is, minister of gearboxes, uh, going to bring down the the price of food in Canada. Okay, nothing's uh, happened. Yeah. Okay, they had this big meeting with the head of Sobeys and IGA and you name it, right? Nothing's nothing's come down. No. And we knew that. Okay. And they were boasting it last week. Oh, we had a meeting. There's going to be a fixed price on uh, 
on, on, on the necessities. What's the necessities? Toilet paper, uh, milk, eggs. Is that, that's the necessities. Bread. That's the necessities. Nothing's come down. No, it won't come down either stores. because they lie, lie, lie. They blame the inflation on the big companies like Loblaws, right? But it's it it's not hmm. the company's fault. It's they've printed too much money. They've borrowed too much money. They've spent too much money. They, they, it's government policy that fuels inflation. It's money. It's excessive money. Well, they got, giving free money away. That's what it is. Right now, though, you now they'll use the excuse. Well, there's a war in Ukraine, and now there's a war in Israel. What's the gross national product of fucking Israel? Olives. What do they make for us in North America? I've never been in a store, uh, in, in the superstore, and bought uh, beef that came from Ukraine or Israel or bread or milk or eggs. or it's none of that shit. Okay? It's, it's a crock of shit. They're using it as an excuse to gouge the Canadian people, you right? Know, then well, all that stuff, too, Leo, with, with, with blaming the, the grocery store chains, the big grocery corporations, that's a game. You know, they give... Billions of dollars, hundreds, hundreds of millions of dollars in subsidies to those big companies. So they're really just paying those companies to sit there and grin and bear it while they blame them for the high prices. But, you know, to just sit there and take it. But they're it, it's just a game. It's just a PR game, a scapegoating thing. And they're just it's like, we'll pay you, but you just have to let us blame you. And here's your subsidy. <laughs> that's what that's what goes on. Well, they made over a billion dollars. Uh, uh, I think it was Loblaws. I read an article there about yeah. three years ago. They made over a billion dollars for the year, but the Canadian government subsidized twenty-five or thirty million dollars worth of new freezers. That's right for them. That's right. Thank like, really, you. You made over a billion in profit. Why are we subsidizing anything for you oh, people? Exactly. That's exactly right. You know, because the government's in in on it with the big companies. They're they're in on it together. Right. It's just stupid. But they know people don't generally understand how economics works. So they play that game. But that's the way the liberals do it. So always was always been played the same way. Right. right. It's right out of their playbook. That's right. I just hope everybody peace and happiness. And if you're going out to any of these protests, keep your sticks on the ground. Mm -hmm. uh, It could get pretty hairy. Only takes one dirt ball out there to uh, spoil the, the the big movement. Okay, and you have this thing going on. Uh, the children, right? Uh, don't let it get hijacked by by anybody. Yeah, stay safe, folks. They'll be there. Just stay safe. Stay safe. Stay safe. Stay safe. Thanks, Rick. Thank you, Leo. Let's go to John. Hello, John. How's it going? Hey, Rick. How's it going? Excellent, good. sir. Excellent. I've been making some good dough. On a sport, so I'm going to donate something. Oh, well, thank you. You're you're so kind. Yeah. I appreciate it. Thank you. Hey, Johnny. Yeah. Hey, what do you think of the Lions, baby? What's, what's, what's going on with the Detroit Lions? They're going to lose this weekend. <laughs> <laughs> I think on my pool, I took them, took them to lose, but I, I like the Lions. Uh, best team is San Fran, man. Nobody's going to beat them this year. They're going all the way. I don't know, man. I don't know. See, I'm still on, Rick. This is hilarious. Yeah. It's a 1-800 chat. San Fran. San Fran. I, actually, I took the Lions, but on the pool, I I boxed that game. It could go either way. <laughs> uh, I, I, me and uh, another buddy, 
we 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 play we play the pools. We box four games, so there's 13 games this week. We box four. Uh, hopefully, we'll win a big pot. You know, and last year we won a couple, but did it? We got back like five grand on one, and the other one we got back 4,200 or something. Girl, but, please. Hey, hey, it's better than you know. You want five grand? I I post three years ago. I, on the I pool, still have yeah. the ticket. I still have a ticket. I'm going to send it to Rick. Okay. Uh, three years ago, four years ago, I'm at work and I'm looking at my Super Seven uh, ticket, and it was for sixty-five million dollars. I had six out of the seven. I needed thirty-four. I had thirty-three. Oh shit! We'd be speaking. <laughs> yeah, we'd be speaking a different language. I won forty-eight hundred dollars on the ticket. Government making I, a killing on on lotos. Man, those lotto boosters. Every time I go in there, there's lineups. Coming that close to winning $65 million, I was sick to my stomach for three fucking months at work. What could have been, what should have been, you know what I mean? And I was just off by one. I'll send you the ticket, Rick. I'll show <laughs> you. The, the, what the fuck. That is amazing. That's brutal. Yeah, right. if this would have been my show, Maverick, I would Maverick would have been financed by by the mouth of the south by one sixty five million in the lotto. Money wouldn't be an issue, Rick. <laughs> yeah, yeah, man. Yeah, you wouldn't be working Anyways, tonight if you'd done if you'd won that. I'm not working tonight. I took it off. With all that being said, I got to let my dogs out. Okay, sir. Bye, all guys. Right. Take care. Nice, nice talking to you there, Leo. So, what else is on your mind, John? Uh, you know, <clears throat> I'm always thinking, uh, ahead and I'm thinking about what's the shadow government and NATO up to, right? And tell me if I'm wrong. Maybe, maybe, maybe I'm wrong, but you got Ukraine falling apart. Nobody wants to fund it anymore. And then you've got the southern escalating stuff going on in Israel. And, uh, you know, it's all overcrowded countries. Uh, do you think that they're going to relocate the Jews to, to Ukraine? No. Like, no. So, so they have more space, more land? No. no? Not to Ukraine. It'll never happen, eh? No. What, what will happen is there will be more immigration. Uh, I think if anybody moves, they might they might just take a whole lot more Palestinians and and give them citizenship here. I think that you're going to see uh, a lot of uh, of new immigration, a whole new wave. We have a we have a lot of sleeper cells here right now. You know that, eh? Well, that's what people say. But if they're sleeper cells and, and they're secretive, too. then how am I supposed to know? Well, tomorrow you will find out, huh? Well, maybe if that, <laughs> if that call to action is genuine, uh, I, I don't know what to make of that. Mainstream media is not really talking about it. If it is real, then they're not, they're not talking about it because they don't want to give it any legs. And if it's not real, they're not talking about it because it's not real in their estimation. But I doubt they really know one way or the other. How you know that we don't know how seriously we should be should be taking this, but it's out there, and I'm seeing, you know, 
a, a number I've seen a number of posts related to it on social media. So it's not just an isolated announcement. There has been reaction and people are worried, understandably so. I, uh, but I don't know. Just all I can say is be smart, be safe, think about what you're doing, where you're going, uh, have your head on a swivel always. This is not something, this is not the 1960s anymore. You know, it's, uh, it's a different time. Something happens. It's going to be a big kick to the nuts to Trudeau, I tell you. You know, the people will be blaming him for letting all these people immigrant without, you know, you got, you got to check these people out that he's letting in. You know, he's letting people just come in. Uh, The guy is a fucking asshole. You know, like, people that are born here, mandatory vaccine or you get thrown you know no none yeah. but all these immigrants yeah it's against their religion it's okay <laughs> you know i don't know man uh i don't know either john it's it, it's it, it, it's it, 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 everything's it's, changing yeah. has changed ndp look at the ndp they support uh the palestinians big time hey eh? look at all the, the union guys i've, yep. I've been reading them in, in the paper you know they're they're all uh, I I you know I blame nobody you know I they're both in fault that's the way I see it but yeah me look, too they're yeah. Swifty at the they're showing Swifty at the KC game again there <laughs> this broad she's got a movie coming out Thursday it's already sold out you can't even get tickets for the movie theaters all across the North America <laughs> she's at the She's at the uh, KC game there right now. What is the? I, I don't know. What, what what is the the appeal to that level of um, Taylor Swift? I don't know. They're, they're saying if she ran for president, she win. <laughs> Joe Biden's ass. <laughs> well, then I'm. Let's let's get her elected because she's got to do a better job than these guys. <laughs> Taylor Swift for president. That- I'm in. Let's do it. <laughs> How about Prime Minister here? Oh my! Okay, let's do uh, that. Just get her hear. citizenship, and uh, you know the rules are different here. I'm sure she could be Prime Minister. Let's get her. Let's get her uh, dialed in, man. Let's get a campaign going. I don't Taylor understand Swift why for, uh, she for Prime Minister and President. She could be both. I, I would. I would never pay money to go see her. Never. Yeah, she's talented, but you know? I, what is she like? Like, I don't know. She's bigger than the Beatles these days. Oh yeah, yeah. big time. It's you know, crazy. like uh, I, I used to go to hockey games. Well, I still do, but now they're playing all the kind of music I used to listen to back in my younger days. All this heavy metal stuff, eh? Mm. It's big in the hockey games now. Everywhere you go, hockey games. You know, but um, they play metal I, at the hockey games. I don't really. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> they're playing. They're playing all this heavy shit. Uh, I, I like the music, the hockey games. My favorite, the Blue Jays. Uh, they a little bit, a little bit woke there. You know. You know. But what happened see, to? Da-na-na-na-na-na. Well, they still <laughs> what happened have to that stuff? The guy with the art organ. 
Don't they have the organ player they anymore? Still, they still have. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's recorded. It's, it's recorded. recorded. Yeah. They put a guy out of work. <laughs> oh. guy, guy, he's a DJ now. Yeah. you got to have uh, a, a live organ player. Or it's just not hockey. I like hockey. Hockey, you know, you know, hockey just started, right? I don't know. What are all the? They still have that. You got to have that. They still have that, but it's recorded. The NHL, they've changed the rules. You're not allowed to have anything. Anything what's got to do with uh, the rainbow colors? <laughs> no, no rainbow colored. <laughs> I go to Blue Jay games and everybody's rainbow cups and banners and they have rainbow flags everywhere. The, for for hockey, you're not allowed to post any rainbow flags or any rainbow <laughs> material anywhere. You know, last year they tried to put rainbow around their players arms you know when they're playing and the, all the players were against it can you hear that john <laughs> rick's playing music <laughs> yay go leaps go 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 leaps go go leaps go <laughs> And this is good music. <laughs> <laughs> oh, kids today. I don't know what they're missing. You like that keyboard, eh? There you go, Chuck. That was the good old days. That was the good old days. And the guy was way up on the top there, eh? No, they figured out. They figured out they can make more money on on put seats. They probably put two or three seats there. That's that Oregon. <laughs> oh, we're so old, John. Uh, we're so old. I know. Who could have? But the Leafs—they still suck. <laughs> in my you lifetime, yes, they've never won the Stanley Cup, and they never will again. <laughs> no, they never will again. No, and they packed the place I mean, know, right to the rafters. Just... They, had, they had to kick the organ guy out to make seats for <laughs> extra it's, seats. It's the biggest scam ever. It's like, what? How can we like? Let's, it's it's like that movie, The Producers, where they make a like a a, a, a Broadway play that sucks. <laughs> because they're gonna make more money if it sucks, right? So it's the same idea. It's like, let's make a team that's guaranteed to lose and we'll maximize the, the profits <laughs> on the tickets. Yeah. Oh, Toronto, Toronto, I tell you, we got the best teams around. <laughs> yeah. Oh, uh, they, they got the Austin, Austin Matthews. He's good, I like watching him. He's good, Here good guy. Yeah, he was the one of the greatest, eh? Oh, he was the favorite. 
keyboard. You like that keyboard, eh? This is fantastic. This is the best show ever. <laughs> it's memories. Yeah. <laughs> oh, this is the best now, now they now they play That's a good one too. They're all so good. Keyboard. <laughs> oh my goodness. Oh, John, this is Fans were into it back in those days, that's eh? That's right. <laughs> okay. Fans that. Yeah. Yesterday there was the opening day for the Leafs, and when they announced all the players, I didn't hear everybody. Just didn't say nothing. It's just so quiet in there. They're fed up, you know. Uh huh. Yeah. <laughs> every, every year. Maybe next year. Maybe next year. <laughs> Maybe next year. Oh, no. Look at the Jays. They're not, the Jays disaster. And they're not oh. firing nobody. Everybody's got a job still, you know. Well, at least it's, the Jays uh, in my lifetime have won the World Series. At least that happened. Oh, oh well, you, you wild, think it's going to happen again? <laughs> I don't know. I guarantee you the Leafs are never going to win the Stanley Cup again, though, ever. See, see what they're doing, the new Leafs, uh, uh, the uh, uh, Air Canada said, what they're doing is they're putting video video screens on the on the ceilings, on the walls, around columns. So they're playing the game, eh? When the game's playing, they, uh-huh. they're trying to, they're tr- the dressing rooms, they're, they're putting bar, like bars with glass so you can see the p- players walk out of the dressing room. Yeah. They're trying to, they're spending like a million dollars to try to get uh, players to come over here. Nobody wants to come over here and play, right? Mm-hmm. They don't like Toronto because, uh, uh, you know, Toronto teams are woke, and so they don't like woke, a lot of these players. <laughs> and and uh, the taxes are high here, you know? Yeah. But so nobody wants to come and play. All the good good people don't want to come here. So they're they're sprucing this place up to make it, you know, so people will come here to yeah. play. That's what they said on the on. The, I was watching it yesterday on the thing there. So <laughs> uh, I don't know. What uh, are you gonna do? I, I don't know, but I guess maybe we should move on I, to the next caller. We've got them stacked up here. Everybody probably just wants to get on now to talk because we're playing the the hockey music. <laughs> <laughs> it woke everybody up. Hey, yeah. I, I was watching before I before I go. I was yeah. watching this amazing thing the other day. Uh, they had these old people are, that they were ready to die, and they had all these sensors all over their body. And they found out w- when the person died, the only thing that was working was the brain. The brain kept working. They're saying people are dreaming about. You're, you playing with your dog or something like that, and you're dead. You're critically dead. You're, you, you know? Did you know that? Your brain still works when you're dead. Um, this is what scientists are figuring out. Okay. Yep. Oh, tonight, Coast to Coast. It's a good show. You got to record that one. I'm telling you. <laughs> People get on there tonight. It's it's all about China. I don't know what. It, it's a good one tonight. It's a good one. I, I don't know what it's about, but it's really going to be a good one. I'm going to record it. It's a good one tonight. I'm telling you, check it out. Go on coast to coast, check it out. 
Okay. Guaranteed you'll like it. Okay. All right, Rick. All right, nice thanks, talking John. to you. All right, see you, man. Okay, bye. Okay, and we're moving on to the next caller. Hello. How's it going? Hello. Welcome to Hockey Night in Canada. <laughs> yes. With our host, Rick Walker, playing the music. That's right. I'm the organ man tonight, the organ player. There you go. <laughs> oh, the good old days, eh? Oh, yeah. Memories. <laughs> Gotta go get me a hot dog at the concession stand. Yeah. <laughs> This is great fun. Mm -hmm. yeah, small things. You know, you use small it's, <laughs> it's good memories, right? It is. It's great. It's very nostalgic. You know, like I remember, like um, <laughs> my brother, he could play the organ really well. So he would, every time the hockey game was coming on, my mom loved hockey. She loved the league. And he would play that introduction for her on the organ before the game started. And she would get, she'd be sitting there and she, she'd like to have her, you know, her couple of drinks watching the game. She'd get so excited that she would literally, the chair would fall over backwards. <laughs> I remember that so well. And I remember her, I remember going down to, uh, to see a Leaf, taking my, like my ex-husband down to a Leaf game. And uh, he said, I could hardly control your mom. She was so out of control. I think that was really nice of John to bring that up. It's kind of nice to have some good memories here. It's great memories. <laughs> Let's go again. Yeah. <laughs> oh, now you want me to go get a hot dog. <laughs> Oh, oh, oh boy, that was a, that was a big oh. <laughs> oh my goodness! What else is going on out there in the, the world of uh, craziness? Well, um, out in Alberta, they've um, they're uh, ma'am not mandating masks, but they're putting the masks back in the hospital. Yeah. It, right now, it'll just be optional, but acute care. They'll have to have it. The nurses will probably have to wear it. Um, the jabs, they just started that yesterday for six months and up. But this year, uh, people have to pay for it now because Alberta Health Services isn't picking it up. So they're saying the phone lines aren't ringing off the hook, which is a good thing. Um, we're all actually, I'm actually surprised because Danielle Smith was so against all this stuff before she got elected. Well, you know, like this is our, the health minister now that's here used to be the educational minister and she was all for masking children back then. Mm -hmm. So, you know, you can see where this is going, right? She, yeah, it, it's not good, but I don't think people are going to comply. I mean, you, you will get some, but uh, yeah. And um, as far as this, uh, this war, I'm actually, I'm not taking sides on either side, because to me, innocent children, women, men are getting killed. They're running like you see videos. They're running with their children. These bombs are dropping all over. I mean, it's horrific what's going on. It really is. And I can't believe that Trudeau, like how, how, how the, we're involved in it again, like 
Okay, I can understand humanitarian money, but ten million dollars, like, and and all these people fleeing, that the planes are being sent over. Where are all these people going? Like, so the Canadian ones are they bringing just Canadians back, or they people out of these places? Well, I think primarily they're trying to get the Canadians out on the on the Canadian flights. Yeah. Well, and, and I can understand that, but I mean, it's just, it, it's horrific. Um, like, Leo, like Leo said, he touched on it really well. I mean, this is all the government. This is this WEF. This is, all this is, is causing all this, as far as I'm concerned. I mean, and I have to laugh at Zelensky because he's trying to get on camera in different places because he's going, don't forget about me. Don't forget about me. Well, you know, there's only so much money to go around here now. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. where does it end? Really? And like I said, I, I, I can't, I can't take a side because when I see ch- innocent children and they do videos and the kids are sitting on the stairs with their parents and they're terrified and you see the look in your eyes, I can't take one side over the other. I, I can't. And that maybe, yeah. maybe that's just me, but I can't, you know, I, the whole thing just needs to end in peace quickly as far as I'm concerned. Well, I just I can't you know, I can't believe that we're sitting here watching civilians get slaughtered on both sides. Exactly. And then I see yeah. people like like major people with like huge followings, people who say they're journalists or influencers, whatever they are, you know. Yeah. It, it, it seems so hypocritical some of the stuff that I'm hearing come out of people's mouths. You know, so it, it's, just, it's selective just, uh, outrage, right, is what I'm getting at. It's like, yeah, it how, how can you, where, where's the condemnation on both sides for yeah. the killing of really innocent civilians on both sides? Yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. And it's like, you know, like, I mean, Trudeau's saying, oh, well, we'll stand with Israel and that. Well, you know, I'm tired of him, like Leo said, talking for Canadians because I'm not taking sides on any side here. Mm-hmm. I'm not. That's just my me right now. Until I can actually figure out what's going on, I can't take sides on either. Tomorrow, you're saying it's supposed to be World Terror Day. Where who who's who's putting that out there that this is supposed to it's be happening? It's the tomorrow? former head of Hamas, I guess. Um, is okay. Where the message came from, and it was a recorded message that okay. was sent to Reuters news service. Okay. That's 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 where it came so, from. His so name is, is other his pod, name is like or, Khalid uh, Michelle. That's what the guy's name okay, is. He's, so, he's in our thumbnail tonight on many of the channels. I put his face up there for okay. Okay, because I this is the first I heard of it when you were talking tonight. I'm going, mm-hmm. wow, like, well, we have to be on guard tomorrow. I mean, I live in a small town, and I guess I should still be on guard. But yeah, anybody in cities definitely, for sure, be on guard. You can take your kids out of school. Like seriously, I mean, I mean, these people. I don't know. Like you said, is it a, just a threat, yeah. or? But with these, but these protests that I've been seeing, they're pretty angry. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. So you know, it, it's. <laughs> Yeah, it's it's not good. I'm gonna pray for peace tomorrow. That everybody stays safe. Yeah. Everybody stays on guard, and that nothing happens. Yeah. 
I know our, I know the ones down in Ottawa, um, through different ones I've heard, uh, something about a podcast that they're not going into Ottawa tomorrow, but I didn't know why, but obviously now I know why, because I've heard it. Obviously there could be, I mean, that's where they're going to strike, right? Mm. Think about it. Ottawa, Toronto, Vancouver, all these big cities. That's scary. And look at in, look at in uh, New York. They're getting all the police lined up. So I don't think they're taking that as just a, I think they're taking this quite serious by the sounds of it to me. Well, I am looking it's, here and I'm seeing oh, just as uh, feeds come in. Um, it looks like some conservatives, the federal conservatives, are now calling on the Trudeau government to put in place protective measures for Jewish Canadians for tomorrow. Oh. They're asking them to take this oh, wow. threat of a global international day of terror seriously. Oh, wow. Yeah. Okay. Wow. So, it like you I, said, it was the first I heard of it. They, they darn well should take it seriously. Um, I'll tell you why. It's because all it takes is just that those social media posts alone. And you hear, and you, you have people out there, uh, you can call them sleeper cells or whatever you want to call them, but people in that mindset, they hear that, that's their call yep. to action, right? Mm-hmm. So exactly. you, better, you better take it seriously. Wow. It, it would be irresponsible at this point for police services, for the government, intelligence agencies to not take it seriously. So, like, is this supposed to be, like, the whole world or just certain, like, Canada, the United States, like, or is it, like, for the whole world? International. Oh, wow. Oh, who knows, man? I don't know. Oh, man. I don't know. I don't know. Wow. How could I possibly know? Maybe we should all just stay in bed tomorrow. (laughs) Let's all just stay in bed with our heads, cover our heads up and not even tune into the world tomorrow. I'm just hoping that, I'm just hoping nothing happens. That's the best we can hope for. Me, yeah, me too. Wow. Okay. I, yeah, I wasn't. I, I I didn't realize it was as serious as uh, like when I first heard it tonight when you talked about it. But obviously, it's a lot more serious than I thought. So, okay, that's good to know. Definitely be talking to my family tonight. That's for sure. Yeah, and I'll be keeping an eye yeah. on it through the night it's, and into uh, into tomorrow. Mm-hmm. And I'm sure we will, we will we will be talking about it tomorrow, one way or another. Yeah. Yeah. Well, who was that guy that you had uh, that TikTok? Who 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 was that guy that was saying this fourth the things that he was against? Where who is he? Things he's against. The one you were just you you showed that he he's not for Israel. He's not for for Palestine. He, and he's only got four things he's concerned about. Oh, he, he just don't. You just had his TikTok on. Or Andrew Torbett. I've never heard of him before. He's just an online influencer. I don't think it's. I don't think that's the same oh. Andrew Torba uh, as the guy from from Gab. I don't think so. Okay. Um, huh. I, I know. I know the name. I've followed some Andrew Torba stuff. Um, but yeah, I don't think that's. It's not the same guy. It's a different Andrew Torba, oh, okay. but he has a big online following. Oh. Okay, I've never heard of him before. I just yeah. wondered who he was. So. No, just one of the just one of many clips wow. that was sent to me. Crazy. So I just thought it was. Well, a I guess as well. 
Yeah, well, I guess all we can do is pray for world peace tomorrow and see what's going to happen. And maybe nothing will happen, and hopefully it won't. But in the meantime, the world's in, it's in total chaos. It's, it's just, I, I, all these protests that you show, I just, wow. Like, everywhere. I mean, I'm sure there's lots in the, I'm sure there's lots in Canada we're not even seeing. Yeah. You know, yeah. and then I heard something. There's a whole bunch of people supposed to be going to Ottawa on Saturday, and then there's another uh, Save the Children or Million March on the 21st. Like it's just mm-hmm. constant bombardment of stuff, right? Like people, like I guess, like Leo said, it, eventually people are going to take a stand. We, we can only take so much, right? And, I mean, peaceful protests are fine, but these ones that I'm seeing that you're showing, they're not very peaceful. That doesn't look good at all. Well, And as for Trudeau being lower in the polls, good for him. (laughs) I hope he keeps dropping off the polls. All I can say is, all I can say is, oh, hang on. Oh, hang on a second here. That's not what I want to say. I didn't want to say that. That's the wrong thing to say. I wanted to say. To say this. <laughs> hey. 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 There you go. That's what I want to say. There you so, go. You said it all. See, that's what you we need. Okay, we need. Rick. All we, Chris, yeah. we need yeah, we more do. of. We need more of that. Yeah. And a whole lot less yep. of people being upset and marching around, yep. stomping their feet and being up. We need, see, we need organ music, hockey organ music to bring yep. people together. Exactly. I agree with you. It's time, you know, but yeah. it, 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 it you, you know, you try not to, like, I, I try to get through the whole day without not thinking about things. Mm-hmm. And I was actually having a good day until you put Trudeau on tonight. Then that just kind of ruined the whole day. But anyway. Well, let me cheer you up then. But, and then, and then, then there you go. <laughs> one more, one more tune for Chris. One more time. That's right. And the crowd goes <laughs> Just think happy hockey thoughts. Yeah. <laughs> this is kind of an ominous song for tonight. Yeah, it's kind of, it's yeah, it's kind of. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. Oh, this is okay. Uh, Do a little dance. Just, just yeah, little yeah. Dance. I don't want to dance now. Don't worry about tomorrow. It's going to be fun. It's going to be okay. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Is it stopping? Was it stopping Tom Connors? That sings it with a hockey game. Was it him that? Yeah. Yeah, the, the good old. Because that's a cool. That, that's really cool, too. Is the best that's game it. I can that gets name. people going. Yeah, I'm not very. I'm not yeah, there you go. I shouldn't sing. I'm butchering. <laughs> that's a good one. Okay, I'll let you get on to your next caller. Okay, thanks, Chris. See ya. <laughs> All right, everybody. Everybody keep safe. Have a good night. <laughs> okay. Hello. How's it going? Oh, we've got a little right, delay there in the background. Go ahead. What? Just me? Go ahead. Is it me? It's you. 
Hi. Hi, who's this? Go ahead. Rick, it's Gary. Uh, how are you doing? I, I thought you might have wanted to talk to me. Well, okay. Well, let's let's do this. Let's uh, let's play a little tune for Gary. There we go, Gary. And Gary's up next, uh, skating uh, into center ice. He's ready for the face-off, and the puck drops, and it's over to Gary. I love it. And and you know what? Somebody's going to score. I know it. <laughs> well, take your best shot, Gary. What's on your mind? What's on my mind is it's crazy here in Canada. Yeah. I'm, I'm thinking I lived uh, 63 years, and, uh, you know, I'm grateful for most of my life because it wasn't like this. I feel sorry for those holy smokes that are coming to Canada and the few that are born in Canada. Yep. Yeah, the country isn't the same as it used to be. Yep. Everything has changed so much. No, no, it's a, it's a new world. Uh, you know what? It's a third world, maybe even a fourth world, but it's coming. Most people that lived here in Canada all their lives, 50, 60 years, are now close to homeless or homeless. It's amazing. Well... We got to find a way to bring it back. We will. We will. Yeah, well, we've been abused you know, for those by that are suffering. Yeah. We'll get there. We'll bring it back. Yeah. Yeah. yeah maybe for the next generation mm-hmm. of new type of Canadian. Um, maybe it will be, you know, of a nature unknown of Canadian past. Yeah, well, it's like an old an old house, an old hockey arena. That's what Canada is. It's it looks a little run down, but it's still got good bones. You know, the foundation is still there. It's solid. We just have to uh just got to get the uh the riffraff out of the rafters. And uh and uh, and get things back to to normal, right? That's that's what we got to do. We'll get there. We'll get there. Well, uh, you know what, Rick? You you have uh, a lot of the answers. I've heard you for years. Maybe you should become prime minister. <laughs> oh, uh, I'm I'm just trying to do what I can do, like everybody else, Gary. To to try and make things better again. That's why I'm sitting here every night. I I still have faith in the people. You know what? I still have faith in the people. We can we can get yeah. there. Yeah. Well, you know what? I I think that everyone in the chat, if they would, press one, if they would like Rick Walker to be Prime Minister <laughs> of Canada. Press one now. <laughs> Let's see what happens, Rick. 
That's an interesting question. Who would want me? Hey, and I uh, tell you what. Nobody yet. <laughs> sorry, go ahead, Gary. I couldn't hear you there. I'm sorry. Um, uh, Prime Minister of uh, Canada pays good money. So please don't reject the, uh, the, uh, the opportunity if it comes about. Well, I, I appreciate you saying something like that, but uh, I'm not so sure I'm electable. <laughs> I'm not so sure I'm electable. Why is that? Um, politics is Why a strange game, say? man. It's like you, you, you got you to gotta play a lot of games to get elected to, to a position like that. You have to choose your words carefully, and uh, it's, um, it's not an easy thing. And you have to keep your cool at every moment, and... Um, politicians are a different breed, and that's why it's so hard to find honest politicians, good politicians, people who really do work for the people. It's because they they get compromised along the way, and and it's largely because they're in there trying to please people. Everybody makes so many demands of our politicians, of our government. A lot of the problems we have in that way are our own fault. Because people say, well, what are you going to do for me? What are you going to give me? And that's really, I think, where Canadians largely have gone wrong over the years. There's been too much of that. What is the government going to do for me? And when you have the government doing that, it's a trap. Because as soon as they do for you and give you free things, they own you. The politicians end up owning you. In order to keep the free stuff coming, you have to comply. And that's where we're at. So it is, in a way, our own darn fault. And also for outsourcing our personal responsibility. But I'm not so sure that saying something like that, Gary, is the kind of thing that's going to get somebody elected. So I'm probably further ahead sitting here saying it and sharing some truth with people and maybe changing some minds and some attitudes and uh, you know, working with people here to come up with some ideas and strategies to, to get us back to a better place than trying to insert myself into a position of power where I can make the changes that way. There are other things that I can do, and I'm just trying to contribute. That's really what I'm trying to do. So we'll see where things go. Yes, I mean, that's exactly what we're left with, see with where things go yeah. so if you have to be careful with your words and you can't state what is actually on your mind mm -hmm. it's not possible to be a politician it takes a rare breed <clears throat> you know donald trump some would say was sort of like that at least for a while just sort of said the stuff out loud that other people were thinking so i you know i think in this right environment at the right time the right politician you can get some honesty but it isn't easy and we have to make space for that we need to allow that but that means that we have to adjust our attitudes too it's a two-way street you can't expect a politician so to do the right thing but then on a personal level de demand of them that they do the wrong thing so if it's true you can't say what's on your mind. How does a a, a citizen, a, a a small 
very um, minute person of Canada decide on a politician based on that? I think you have to look at the platform. What 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 is in their list of policies? What are they really standing for? And uh, and try to determine what they're going to actually do when they get elected. You can do that, but you have to, yeah. you know, but you know, but, but. look, I mean, it, 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 even international politics with regard to the war, China doesn't say much about what's going on in Israel, as Leo pointed out. Okay. That's politics. So they're watching what they say too. Russia. They come out and they're calling for a ceasefire peace. But just because they're calling for a ceasefire peace doesn't mean that they actually want that. They might, but they might not. For them, this is a strategic win to have all of their allies in the Middle East lined up against Israel and the United States. So they don't really speak plainly either. When they speak, it's with strategy in mind. So politics is always played when it comes to politics. Always has, always will be, whether you're dealing with dictators or democratically elected politicians. That's the way the game is played. That's why you need somebody really smart, somebody who can withstand the, the torture in the court of public opinion day after day after day after day and withstand it, right? It's, uh, it's just part of the game. Right. <clears throat> So, so AI would be a preference then, because at least AI can be programmed. AI for use for what? Uh, for use for uh, government and the rule of law. Uh, AI for what it is to be ruled in the world. So you would, uh, you, would AI you think that be, artificial intelligence might be the answer to our government? Just let artificial intelligence rule us? I'm saying that it would be no different. Mm. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know what AI would do. Uh, I, the, the thought of that horrifies me. I, I think you give, yeah, you know, power corrupts absolutely. Power corrupts absolutely. That, uh, What's artificial intelligence going to do if you give it uh, absolute power over humanity? It would probably exterminate us. It's designed by um, human beings. AI, it's going to have flaws yeah. like human beings. AI doesn't care about profits. AI doesn't care about uh, uh, a monetary gain. Only humans do. Uh, I don't know. I don't know. The technology is I'm just saying, too new for me to give you a full assessment. Yeah, I know. I know, Rick. Who, who knows, right? But, know. but the fact is, is I, I'm just saying that what is the difference between a politician and an AI operation? There is nothing different as far as a voter is concerned, as far as a Canadian citizen or a person of Earth is concerned, if somebody or something is ruling over us, it definitely isn't good. It's not of the people. 
at all. The people have no game, no way of uh, of, uh, of of controlling what happens through either AI or a politician, because a politician won't say what's on its mind, and nor will they stick to well uh, anything I, I, because I, they I go think with that's the wind. a little a little bit on the uh, <laughs> the pessimistic side. I wouldn't go nearly that far. Well, I'm just we saying. Do. We do have. I'm we just do have a say. 60, we do have control. That's why, if we, if people, if people's opinions, Gary, didn't matter, then politicians wouldn't do polls yeah. to find out what we think about things and how things are trending. They care. They care a great deal, and they care a lot right now about how we feel and think about the wars. They need the support of the public. Otherwise, they can't do what they're going to do. That's why you, get, you have all this uh, propaganda. That's why. Because what we think matters. Propaganda. Yeah. Propaganda is now known as uh, public relations. Propaganda. Well, it goes beyond it that. It's, it's, it's even uh, psychological manipulation. No, but, uh, but in any case, it is, it's getting a little late, and we've been on here now for, for a little bit, so I'm just going to get you to wrap right. up your thoughts for me, if you would, sir. Good night. Okay, thank you, Gary. Sure, well, I'm just on the propaganda end. Yeah, Sure, ahead. just on the propaganda end. Sure. Um, propaganda is something that was invented by an individual, propaganda. But they they actually they actually change the meaning or the word or what it sounds like when you say propaganda. It's now public relations or PR. PR still exists. Propaganda exists. People that um, um, engage in in PR uh, are propagandists. Period. And, and that's what we have in politicians. And, and I'm just saying, we can, we can create AI to do the very same thing. Um, doubtful. <laughs> You're never going to take... Uh, artificial intelligence is never going to replace humanity because we have a soul. And we have, uh, we're, we're more complex than any machine. They can mimic us, but it's just never going to be the same. Never. But yeah, on that right. note, we do have this to look forward to. Here we go. Are you ready, Gary? Have a good night, Rick. You too, Gary. Thank you, sir. <laughs> oh, that's great fun. Folks, thanks for joining me here on the program tonight. It has been, even though it's a, these are dark days, it has been fun. This is still Canada. And we still love our hockey, even though I don't watch it anymore because there are too many teams and I can't keep all the players on the team straight. You know, what happened to the original six? Long gone. But the organ music lives forever. I will see you guys tomorrow at 6 p.m. Eastern. 
on the flip side. This has been a Maverick Multimedia Productions.